0: What's going on today, T. Cop? What's up, Biggie? And uh, here for episode 11 of the War Room podcast, brought to you today by Bet Online, back better than ever. New web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds lines than ever before. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Believe Fifty B L E A V five zero to receive your bonus. C-Cop, it was a good football this weekend, so a lot of good football, a lot of, a lot of losses that were unexpected. To me, I mean, good football was just bad football, man. I understand. Nothing was exciting. Damn. There was nothing exciting. I mean, my guys lost, so obviously my weekend was bad. But oh, they,
1: wait, who are you guys?
0: Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I just wanted to you say it. to say it. still. American <laughs> team. They lost, so they kind of ruined the weekend a little bit, but my Pirates did win. We'll get into that a little later mm-hmm. on the college side of things, but... You know, we could jump straight into it. Let's go Thursday night football where mm-hmm. we had the Jets versus the Colts. Uh, the Colts won 45 to 30. Um, not very defensive, I guess. There was not much defense going on that day. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, it was football. And football is always good to watch, especially in the middle of the week. So, I, I wish I could have saw that game
1: and seen uh, White, the quarterback White, for finish sure. that game out. For sure.
0: For sure. I think it would have been different for It'd sure. It would have been I mean, different. I it, wanted to see him. He started off hot. He was 7 for 11, mm-hmm. 95 yards with a touchdown before he hurt his wrist. Yeah. You know, and I know, remember watching it, seeing them like touch on his wrist and stuff on the sideline. Didn't go into detail of what was going on with him, mm-hmm. but the way he was grimacing in pain, it had to be something serious, you know. Mm-hmm. And then to bring in another uh, backup, I guess, for him, the backup of the backups, so into your third quarterback, I guess, exactly. If say that, to be able to compete and still score 30 is actually pretty decent. But when you have a veteran, like Wentz for the Colts You know He was 22 for 30 272 Three touchdowns Which is a better day For him Period yeah. But we gotta go to that Running back the Colts Man have. I'm gonna tell you something
1: He's pretty, I'm not gonna say He surprised me But he's surprising me man Like I mean, the way He's running that thing And I remember mean, We <laughs> talked about it on, on the last episode That yeah. we felt like Zeke was gonna Kind of be, be Was gonna be the guy well, Nah He's not He's he's not gonna surpass this guy. He's not. There's no this way. This kid is killing him. We're talking about what Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. That's his name? Jonathan Taylor. I think that's the name. Yeah, yep. Yep. Jonathan Taylor.
0: This kid carries one seventy two, nine point one per carry.
1: He's running hard, man.
0: And he's only gonna get better.
1: He's gonna get better.
0: And the passing game isn't that strong just yet for them, so it has no choice but to to get better. He's only twenty two years old at that, man. <laughs> so it's uh he's having some solid days. I mean, I think he's so far. 140 carries, 821 yards, averaging right at six yards a carry.
1: That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. Do you think Wentz holding him back
0: with no, his decision-making? I think Wentz is probably boosting him because Wentz ain't doing nothing, so they want to keep <laughs> giving him the title. You know <laughs> <what> <laughs> mean? So He needs to say thank you. But, uh, but uh, this kid is running the ball very well. I mean, he's had, what, uh, four 100-plus-yard games. Uh, I mean, just this past one's been the best one mm-hmm. with uh, 172. Um, man, I, I can only see it's only upside from here for this kid, man. I so see. He uh, will get
1: the Russian record. He'll get the Russian title this year. He if he stay healthy, he should there there we very go. well That's get there. That's a big there. key.
0: Uh, regular season for sure. You uh, know, sliding on over to um, – Sunday's football, I mean, we'll go ahead and jump into it. We pick on me. I mean, I've seen the Facebook. Let's talk about it. The Facebook comments and all of this about the Cowboys. And why do people love to hate on the Cowboys so much? Because y'all America's team. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I'm not the only one believing
1: that, man. So, but y'all are, so I'm going to tell you a quick story. So when I was in Dallas, we got that name my first year in Dallas. Uh, I remember just as good Jerry Jones came into the locker room, to the team meeting room, and he was like, yeah, we have been crowned the – America's team. He was like we're not America's team because everybody like us. He said we're America's team because either you like us or you hate us. Or basically you either you love us or you hate us. So you just got that that feel that everybody either against us or with us. So that's why they got the team America's team.
0: You know, so with that game, they played the Broncos. And they lost uh, 30 to 16, where you had Dak coming back off of that calf injury. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you say, did he come back too soon, going 19 for 39? That's 20 incomplete passes. Yep. So timing had to be off somewhere. You know, for 232, two touchdowns and a pick, Zeke ran the ball 10 times for 51 yards, which, you know, it makes you say they got behind, so they had to throw the ball, obviously. So you limit your touches as far as running the ball. But... One thing that they never talk about that much, but as football players or former football players that we kind of respect, is time of possession. Mm -hmm. And when you break down those numbers, time of possession, Broncos had the ball for 41 minutes and some change, and the Cowboys had the ball for 18 minutes and some change.
1: That's crazy.
0: You would never see it discretionated. Like, that's insane. (laughs) That's more than double. That's just (laughs) crazy, man. Cowboys ran 57 plays. Broncos ran 73. What it boils down to, the Broncos rushed for 190 yards. You know, so they had success throwing it a little bit, but they also ran the ball averaging a little under six yards per play, and they ate the clock up.
1: And, And you know what I think? When I was watching that game, I was talking to somebody while I was watching this game. And I say, you know what, this is just, we're getting out coached. And I ain't gonna say out coached. You heard him say we. Go ahead. I did say we. I didn't mean to say we. He, he said we. I didn't mean to say we. It's Dang. Okay. America's but they too. got out coached, and not to the point you got out coached during the game. You got out coached during the week because the game plan that we put, that the Cowboys put together. Say we again. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> the game plan the Cowboys put together just wasn't a good game plan because. That score really don't tell how bad that game was. Right. Because the Cowboys was getting killed. And any time that you getting killed like that, because the Cowboys didn't score to win. It was late.
0: Uh, the fourth quarter.
1: The fourth quarter. So any time that a team is just – coming out and dominating you like that, it's not so much they're a better team, but the game plan that y'all put together for that team was not a good game plan. That's how you get blowed out in the NFL. Not because, oh, they're just a better team than we were, mm-hmm. but the game plan that they put together to beat that team was not a good game plan. And for me, I'd rather get beat like this than get beat by like three points or two points. Go ahead and blow me out of the water so, okay, we just chalk it up. We go back to the team meeting room. Listen, the game plan was terrible. Coaches, they'll take their, they'll take their licks for it. The team going to take their licks for it as it was well. It reset. Reset. Game plan was bad. Let's learn from it. Thought let's, let's move on.
0: So I, I've learned, you know, uh, a good friend of mine uses the word a lot, reset. Like you need to be reset every now and again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, the Cowboys have an opportunity to go watch the tape, mm-hmm. look at it, learn from the mistakes, say, hey, this didn't work. Maybe we were just a little bit too – Relaxed in our preparation, thinking that we were just better and everything. Mm-hmm. So, this reset is going to be very helpful in moving forward. I hope you know, we'll see. You know, speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Glove, he was 19 for 28, <laughs> 249, and a touchdown. So, I'm talking so like about said, Teddy, Teddy Two Glove. I Man, I just, <laughs> I just, <laughs> you said know, ever since his injury and how his contract situation got thrown off because of the injuries, mm-hmm. like you root for this guy simply because how the Vikings did him, yeah, you know what I mean, I yeah, mean, you know, it's, it's, it's business. So you understand because yep. they didn't know how he would bounce back. Mm-hmm. You know, I still feel like Carolina should have kept him, but you know, that's neither here nor there. We'll get down to that here in a little bit. But 190 rushing yards ultimately is what sealed the game in the time of possession. True. Cowboys uh, versus Broncos. Uh, moving to another game that caught our eyes was the Saints and the Falcons because the Saints were down what? I think they was down like 18. Yeah, so they ended up losing 27 to 25, which sucks to lose to the Falcons. Have you ever been? Well, obviously you've been because you played, but mm-hmm. actually attending a saints Falcons game is one of the one of my favorite football events. Okay. You know, it's the crowds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've only attended uh, attended a game at, in Atlanta. Okay. So, that crowd is literally like a Atlanta hip-hop concert, but there's a football game happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? You had all of the artists. You had uh, Bone Crusher. You had Outkast in the building. You had T uh, two chains T I like all these people are just there yeah because it's what to do in Atlanta and then mm-hmm. you don't really think so most people get famous they they move out west or they move down to Florida or whatever. No, these dudes stay dead in Atlanta still, and they attend all Atlanta things. So I love going to the Falcon Stadium, and plus it's indoors, so you don't got to worry about weather at all. But Matt Ryan actually had a decent day, 23 for 30, 343, two touchdowns. I was actually earlier this year saying he needs to go ahead and retire, but that was a solid day on his part. And then as far as the the Simeon, the backup for Jameis Winston for the, the Saints, was 25 for 41, 249, two touchdowns. But the kicker for that game for me is the defense for the Saints only gave up 34 rushing yards.
1: Their defense is stout. They've always been stout mm-hmm. defensively. Mm-hmm. And and kind of going back to the Atlanta the Atlanta thing, I caught a hail mary in Atlanta. Did you I caught one in Atlanta? Did you time it right
0: or you just got lucky?
1: Drew threw it right in my hands. I ain't had to do too Don't much. You drew too much credit, Take man. The credit drew, to no, you.
0: drew the man. You snatched it out the air.
1: I'm giving Drew all the credit. Drew the man. He the man, hands down. He's
0: the best quarterback you play with. Hands down. Yeah? Yeah. Who else you play with? You play with Alex Smith.
1: I play with Vinny Testaverde, Drew Bledsoe, uh, Alex Smith briefly, um, Flacco, uh, Romo.
0: Okay. Who was the worst?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I feel like the worst I feel like I played with, and it's only because he was past his prime. Testaverde not Testaverde, Testaverde's still pretty good, Bledsoe. And I was a huge Bledsoe fan, but it was he was in his last years, you know, he was one of those guys that he could still throw it because he was a big old quarterback. He could still throw it, but any type of pressure he felt, he would ball up in the pocket and ain't anybody around him. He was just expecting to get hit. So it was just, he was past his prime. So, But out of those quarterbacks, was those were some good quarterbacks, and not saying Bledsoe wasn't a good quarterback, but he was the worst out of those.
0: Who's the number two quarterback you play with? Number two. Because you're going to give number one to Breeze.
1: Yeah, Breeze number one, hands down.
0: It's got to be Romo, right? See, I guess I can't say, put it this way. Were you Romo Jessica Simpson heir?
1: Look, I'm gonna tell you something. Was that your heir with Romo? If, if we want to go back to it, if I want to be real certain about something, Romo was number one. Because he threw you the ball the most. Because Romo was on practice squad with me and we killed it on practice squad. Okay, okay, we killed okay. it. So if we go... Because I never played with Romo in a game. It was always Drew Bledsoe a test averted. But if you want to go talk about some practice stuff... Oh, Romo, hands down, the she, man. We used so, to kill so it in practice. Were, so that
0: was before he started dating Jessica Simpson. I don't no remember. I don't it don't had mean. to be because he wasn't – I think he was a starter when Jessica Simpson came. To yeah, the so country. it was before. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. So that was before he got uh, the <laughs> he said, famous buns and it messed them all up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but going on to move from the Saints, I mean, Saints and Falcons, I mean, we – The defense is stout. You were speaking about that earlier this
1: year. They were. They are. Their their run defense is crazy. But one thing, again, when you look at that Falcons and that Saints game, the Saints came into it with a bad game plan as well. Mm -hmm. But one thing the Saints did, they made adjustments at halftime. They did. And that's something I don't think the Cowboys did when they played the Broncos. Broncos. But the Saints had got a great coaching staff. So the game plan to start out with was terrible because they just jumped out on them. They were just killing them from Mm -hmm. the start. Halftime, they made those adjustments. Saints came back and actually went up with like a minute and something left to go in the game. And then they kicked it off. Then Matty Ice came down and threw a little deep ball to Patterson. Got him in field goal range. Ball game. Yeah. Crazy.
0: They competed, though. Yeah, they did. You know, and somebody we haven't talked much about is the the Panthers. So mm-hmm. we're going to touch on that. the The Patriots versus the Panthers this weekend. And... Obviously the Patriots beat him to death twenty-four to six and it was an ugly game. You sitting and looking at Sam Darnold's number sixteen for thirty three with three interceptions. Uh, he's he started to look like the Jets Darnold right now. Uh, <laughs> you think he's the guy? And, you know, I I feel like they should have kept Teddy two gloves. True. And I feel like that's they're getting what they're getting because of that. And I felt like Darnold. With CMC healthy Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the season and who they played at the beginning kind of helped them out. And I think losing CMC for that stretch of time that they did. And when you say CMC, CMC, who are you talking about? Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I think we, we, I say we, but I think they lost some chemistry there with him being out for a little while and they have to get it back together. You know what I mean? Then Mm -hmm. there's other key injuries that have happened around the team period that is just hindering their progression. But the Patriots, Mr. Terrence Copper, Mm T-Cop, mentioned mm -hmm. you better get your licks on the Patriots at the very beginning of the War Room podcast uh, weeks ago because he felt as if they were going to do what?
1: They was going to get better. They was going to be good. Like before the season's over, with the Patriots are going to be a good team, especially moving on to next year. But going back to McCaffrey, I want to hit on that, and I want your opinion on something. Okay. Is it time to let him go? Is it time to trade him? Even though Christian McCaffrey is basically their offense, but if you're if you're never available, if you're always in the tub, when I say the tub, that means you're always hurt, when is it time to move on because this is not just something that just okay happens it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. He's never available. So is it time to m- trade him, get somebody for him, get a, a few people for him, or maybe a draft pick, some draft picks for him? But I just think it's time to move on from him because he's he's an amazing player. But you can't help the team if you're always in the tub. What do I you agree.
0: think? So I would, my opinion on that would be yes. And my hard, the harder thing that I'm trying to figure out here, because you just asked me this, you know, he asked this question out of nowhere, people. So bear with me is where would he go? And I feel like he would need a role where he's almost like a Tony Pollard. There needs to be that featured guy, but he's a featured talent. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, where does he go to be one B?
1: Mm-hmm. I understand like, where,
0: you know what I mean? Like naturally, I want to think it's like, oh, man, he'd be great to go to the Cardinals. hmm. Because they wouldn't need him as much as they need him in Carolina. True. And then Carolina to say it's time to get rid of him, he's always in the tub because they give him the ball 25 times. Exactly. A game. They never put the pieces around him to, to make it work. Like after Steve Smith, the next elite receiver that played for the Panthers, who's that? Was it supposed to be Kevin Benjamin?
1: I remember Kevin, but I think he ate his way out of the league.
0: Yeah, it got be big. Then you go to the tight end who stayed hurt, which was Olsen. Wasn't it Olsen? No. It, it wasn't Greg Olsen, was it? Who was He it? breaking his foot. Yeah, it was, God, it was Olsen. It was Olsen. So, yeah, it was Olsen. It was. And after that, like, who's the next guy? that the, the, Every team, you can go down the list and say, hey, their guy at receiver. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can almost just, if I throw a name out there, I'm just going to throw a name out there. Cowboys, who's their guy at receiver? Coop. Okay, uh, Stillers, Who's their guy receiver? Uh, I oh, what's the what's the young boy name? Juju. Number eleven? No, no, no. no well, you, go, you see, you would go somewhere, but it's supposed to be Juju Smith-Schuster. It's yep. supposed to be. You know what I mean? But you could just throw names out there with different teams and find that guy. But Robbie Anderson ain't ringing off like that for nah. me. Now, he, he played with Darnold and with the Jets. Mm-hmm. What did they do there? I mean, he had numbers, but it was all in losing efforts. Yeah. So Carolinas never really surrounded Christian McCaffrey with what they had. The number one dynamic they had was Cam Newton and him. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you say that you get rid of Cam too soon. Because in all actuality, I'd rather have Cam right now coming off the couch smoking a cigar than Sam Darnold.
1: Well, I can't argue that. But I just know it's time to do something with McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, either get some money or put something around him. Yeah. Like, probably need to get some, some trades, lessen that paycheck. And cause he is always hurt. You're right. You know, so moving to Monday night football, we had the Bears versus the, uh, Stillers. Mm-hmm. Stillers won 29 to 27. And you see a lot of people praising Fields for how he ended the game for the Bears. I mean, he was 17 for 29, 291 and a touchdown and a pick. They had a total of 414 yards on offense. They had 12 penalties for 115 yards. And third down efficiency was four for 12. Okay. They
1: are – it feels going to be okay. But the Bears are a bad team. They don't
0: do more naggy like that. They
1: are a bad team. Anytime you had that – and I watched the game. Like, they'll get a big play, then they get called back for holding. Like, this was constant. And then at the end of the day, they could have won the game. You have a a guy that – I forgot his name. He got a sack at the end of the game, got up, did a little spin kick – after he did the spin kit, he walked over and started looking at the Steelers uh sideline, just eyeing them down. Did he get a flag for that? First down.
0: Yes, yeah, it's ignorance.
1: Come on, that's like, that's bad football. That's bad football. They're they are a bad team. And I just hate it for Phil's because he's gonna struggle. He's gonna he gonna take his nicks and he's gonna take his bumps trying to Record, trying to get a, trying to better that program. Put They're it probably going to end
0: up getting a new coach soon.
1: They probably and, will. and that's
0: going to have him start all the way over again, mm-hmm. which sucks. But he will have that playing experience, and I believe he will be fine as well. I just don't want him to end up in a situation where he becomes a wasted talent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't want him to fall in that Tua, that a conversation where Tua is starting to look like a bust. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or is a bust? Is a Chicago uh, graveyard? Oh. So speaking of that, okay. Uh gentleman, Gordon Beverly, okay. calls me the other day and says, Hey, I'm tired of y'all talking about the Browns being the the the, <laughs> the, the, the graveyard. They used to be. They used and that's what I said. I said they used to be. We're saying the Jets were this the other day. Yeah. But I guess they got the Browns got their big win over the Bengals the other day. Mm-hmm. So he was feeling good about himself. On his way to work, just felt the need to call me. Now I'm gonna tell you, this man calls me about four times a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the way to your house. I made it home, and now all of a sudden the podcast has been going. He listened to. He's a <laughs> diehard listener to the podcast, and I love it and I appreciate him for it. But he wanted to make sure that me and you knew mm-hmm. that his Cleveland Browns is no longer the graveyard. They're not. That we need to find a new place. They're not. And
1: I'm saying it's the Jets. I'm agreeing with you. It is the Jets. Uh, and the crazy thing about it is Cincinnati. Cincinnati used to be a graveyard. Like I said, it was three teams used to be a graveyard Ohio that you really want to go to. I'm telling you. Cleveland was a graveyard. Cincinnati used to be a graveyard, and the Raiders used to be a graveyard. Like I say, the Raiders are kind of mm. coming out. Uh, Cleveland, I f- I don't feel like Cleveland a graveyard anymore because they they really have a lot yeah. of potential. They have some talent yeah. there. Cincinnati, you hate this. they're not a graveyard anymore. But guess what? They're still showing us that they are still Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't know, but I agree with them. They're not a graveyard anymore. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw them under the. Under uh, the RIP thing anymore, but (laughs) we just talking about what they were in the past. What you got,
0: man? It's the the Jets is definitely the place, but you know, ultimately we'll move on from that. But (laughs) Detroit, I can't move on with Detroit. Detroit might be the (laughs) great god. Man, Detroit. Yeah. I was thinking about Calvin Johnson. They still won't win when they had him for real. So Detroit has been awful, and they kind of get to you know. It's just I, I don't know, man. It's just I forgot about De- Detroit. Exactly. Oh, exactly. I unfortunately, people pass away and tend to be forgotten. And it man just goes hand in hand with a graveyard. It does, and I feel bad for the head
1: coach. What is the head coach name for Detroit? We play together in Dallas. He was the tight end when I was in Dallas. He was kind of, he was the mentor to Jason Witten. He was more the blocking tight end. And uh, Jason Witten was more the receiver tight end. But Jason Witten definitely would not be who he is without. What is his name?
0: Oh, so what was it? He was with Detroit? He's the Detroit head coach. Right now? Right now. Hold on, let's look it up right not? You know what I mean? The head coach is... Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. This dude is
1: joked up. And yeah, but he's always been that way. But Dan, <laughs> but Dan is a good dude. When I tell you he's a good dude, a real good dude. So I just hate it for him that he's going through what he's going through. But they are a graveyard.
0: Man, why you ain't pursue coaching in the NFL?
1: I might. I still might do it.
0: You should. You're a pretty intelligent guy. I still might days, do it, you know.
1: I appreciate it, Biggie. You
0: know, no, I'm saying it because I'm right in front of you. But uh, <laughs> just a little insincere talk. That's all it is. Nothing crazy. But you know, ultimately, that is football this weekend with the NFL Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Let's get into these power rankings, okay? And you know, because I agree, there's, there's several different power rankings out there, but these are from Sporting News and. Ideally, I agree with what they have right now number one. What they got at number one, T. Cop?
1: You got Arizona Cardinals at number one. They previously was number two, but they're number one now at eight and one. Mm-hmm. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not against that at all. I, I like think they're that.
1: the best football team in the league right now. Their
0: record speaks for it. Yep. Number two is Tampa Bay on this list, where they were previously number five. I feel like Tampa jumped a little bit too high. I don't think they should have jumped. Well, mm-hmm. That's hard. i I
1: feel like Tampa Bay should have—I feel like Tennessee should have been in front of Tampa Bay. They should be in front of Tampa Bay because Tennessee playing ball.
0: Yeah, Tennessee, yeah, they were previously number six or number three now. Then go back to the Packers, who are number four. They previously number one. How did they drop so far? Like, I can agree with that. But how? I mean, the reason—they win that game the other day if Rodgers is a quarterback and not love. I know, but they're, they're not looking at that. They're just going by, okay, what
1: have you done for me lately? The, everybody got issues they're going through on their team. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that Rodgers didn't play, do I feel like they would have beat them if Rodgers was playing? Yes, they Man, the they game would shouldn't have.
0: have been that close. And if they still competed, like, that team is coached very well to still be in a game against the Chiefs. But, and only lose by a touchdown.
1: But they lost to a Chiefs team that's not doing well right now.
0: But still, they should have still been blown out the water by a not doing well Chiefs, though, without Aaron Rodgers. But that's what I'm saying. They still got
1: beat by the Chiefs, and that's what you got to look at. Even though Aaron Rodgers probably would have had, but that's what it should have, could have. Rodgers will not there, so we really don't know. Now, do we believe that they would have beat them? Yes, we do. But going by what we see on paper, they got beat by a mediocre Kansas City Chiefs team. So you got to go for what it
0: is. Yeah, I understand. So the Baltimore Ravens falling number five, previously number nine. I agree with uh, that. They're right where they need to be for sure. They Uh, are. They're one ankle roll away from ending their season though.
1: Shout out to Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He played well. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. He
0: did. You know, Los Angeles Rams, they have them at number six where they were previously number three. Um, They needed to drop. I like that. My Cowboys are at number seven where they were previously at four. That's a good one. Y'all need to drop. Don't do me like that. Just being honest, it's true. We probably should have been a little lower than that. To be honest with you, (laughs) the Buffalo Bills at number eight. I kind of have mixed emotions on that. But how you feel about that? mm. You know what? To be honest with you, I feel like they probably should be ahead of my Cowboys. I don't. Not the way they laid
1: the egg last week. Well, this 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 Sunday just passed.
0: We got blowed out by the Broncos, but you know, going to number nine, they had the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten is the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that's way too high for them. I believe the Raiders, the Raiders who are at number eleven, should be ahead of the Chiefs right now. Okay. You can't really give the Chiefs credit for beating the Rodgers without Rodgers being in it. In, and uh, you know, what I'm talking about the Packers, mm-hmm. the Steelers are at number twelve, the Saints are at number
1: thirteen. I think the reason why the Saints are at thirteen and not higher than that. Because the Saints would have won this game if they had uh, their quarterback. So didn't go back to the Packers game then. No, no, I get that. But I'm saying I understand that they would have won that game, but they didn't win it. But I feel like that is one reason why because they still got beat. But I mm-hmm. feel like if they had their quarterback, if they had Winston, they would have beat this team. But I get why they're so low.
0: Right, right. And then falling in fourteen and fifteen, you got the Browns and the Bengals, who we were just speaking about the old graveyards. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on moving out of the graveyard place. But <laughs> you know, fourteen and fifteen, I think they're right where they need to be. That True. could be interchangeable either way we go. Yep. Um, you know, and and moving on from that, so. A lot of what we see in football these days that don't get enough credit, and this is just my personal opinion, is special teams. Mm-hmm. And special teams, a lot of people don't know what that is. That's the punting and exchanging of possession, uh, punting the ball, kicking the ball, extra points and field goals, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. special teams are very important to a game, and I believe they make a difference. You know, you know. I coached my semi-pro team, and I read this on one of the – pages online is that the reason that we're such a good team is because our special teams Mm -hmm. is different than everybody else's because we actually focus on that. Just not off as a defense. We're going to steal a possession. Mm -hmm. We're going to get an extra score. We're going to change the field, flip the field or have good starting drives and going to push you back when we go on defense. So the special teams, and that was your specialty when Mm -hmm. you were in the NFL, that's kind of what you got labeled as, as a special teams guy, you know, speaking of that, I want you to go into the question that you have that you hit me with earlier. Yes. Since we're speaking special teams. Yes. Talk to me about it. And
1: this is for everybody. I want you to really chime in. When you hear this today, when you hear this podcast, chime in on the World War Room, on the World War Room uh, Facebook page. Shoot us an email because I know I'm going to have a lot of people that come at me about this. <laughs> but I'm going to shoot you straight and I'm going to tell you the truth. So my question is for you, Biggie. Mm-hmm. who is the better returner? Devin Hester or Josh Cribbs? You
0: gotta go with Cribbs. Thank you. You gotta go with Cribbs. I mean, Devin Hester for longevity mm-hmm. and for flashiness and all of that. But Cribbs, when he was with the Browns, The Browns. He was with the Browns. I didn't see that coming, by the way. Yes. You really? I, I, ain't, I heard it. That did not cross my mind at Josh all. Josh Cribbs. And I'm, we're going
1: to go down some stats. We're going to talk about stats. And we're going to talk about some, some oh, personal man. things because I I played against both of these guys.
0: So when you sent me that message and said, hey, save your answer for the show. Yep. You know, I, naturally I went straight to Kansas City Chiefs and I was thinking Dante Hall. Mm-mm. And I was, and the reason I was thinking of him, I was just like, man, I just felt like he, he got on the scene a little bit later mm-hmm. and he wasn't highly talked about coming out of college type of deal, kind of like Devin Hester. So I was like, Hall Hester, Hall Hester. Cribs never crossed my mind. And you know, Cribs is actually family with people here right here in Pitt County.
1: Wow, I know that.
0: Yeah, like literally he used to come here Mm -hmm. when he was playing. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So Cribs is from the
1: crib. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so surprisingly but give me what you you got right now. I want to hear what you got.
1: Because of all, and I had this discussion with guys that I played with when I was still in the league. Mm -hmm. Still in the league and everybody I'd be like, who's who's the better returner, Devin Hester or Josh? And I'm not talking about any other returner. I'm just talking about these two guys because you all got some, a lot of other great returners out. I'm talking about these two guys and everybody quick to say, no, Devin Hester is the best returner all time. And I get what you're saying. I get Devin Hester is an amazing returner. I'm not taking nothing away from Devin Hester, but Josh Cribs. To me, because I had to tackle both of these guys, I played against both of these guys. I'm going to go through some stats real quick, and I'm going to get personal with y'all. So when it comes to punt return, we're talking about Hester first. First of all, Hester is 5'11", 190, right? Just remember that. Punt return touchdowns. Hester is first in the NFL history. Don't get me wrong. He killed the punt return. He had 14 punt returns for touchdowns. He deserved that. All right? Kick return touchdowns. He's 12th all time. He's 12th with five kick return yards. He's 11th all time. When it comes to punt return yards, he's third all time. When it comes to kick return and punt return yards combined, he's eighth okay. all time. Now let's, and he played 11 years in the NFL, mm-hmm. played 11 years. Now let's go to Josh Cribs. All right. Josh Cribs is 6'1-215. Big dude, big dude. Kick, return, touchdowns, he's number one. He's tied with number one all-time. Kick, return, yards, he's third all-time. Kick, return, and punt, return, yards, he's third all-time. Kick, return, and punt, return, touchdowns, he's fifth all-time. Now, if you're looking at the numbers, (laughs) If you don't, if you just, of course, Devin Hester had 14 touchdowns. He's number one. But everything else, Devin Hester is 11th, 12th, 8th, 3rd. You got Josh Cribs. He's in the top five in everything. Kick return touchdowns first. Kick return yards third. Kick return and punt return yards third. Kick return and punt return touchdowns fifth. I would have never thought about this. So, when I'm telling people that Devin Hester is an amazing returner, I'm not taking nothing from him. But Josh Cribs, to me, is a better overall returner than Devin Hester. So,
0: Hester got blessed. I went, I'm, this is my thing. And, and, and when I was going to – this was my argument. Literally, when I was like, man, he going to argue with me about Hester. It was, you know, Hester got that love because they had that Miami-made – Hype song coming out of you when he was coming out of UM that put a highlight together, and it was a Miami-made song by a player on the team, mm-hmm. and that like blew up on YouTube when YouTube first started going back when I was finishing college. He deserved a hype though. Oh no, no, without a yep. doubt. Mm-hmm. So then he had that return against like it was just like the it's like he caught that time frame when YouTube was just the booming man, and then mm-hmm. the highlights you could send it out here and everybody could watch it, mm-hmm. and then that Super Bowl. But if you're trying to kick for the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. that took it to another level Yep. with all the lights and camera flashes showing that return to Mm -hmm. to start the Super Bowl. So that did it for him. And it was just always a little bit more fancy. And then just saw him on Shannon Sharp's show. Yep, I saw that. He was talking, running his mouth a little bit. And I actually wish I could go. I might go back in combat and say, "Nah, Josh Cribbs the man Josh Cribbs the man. Didn't even think about that.
1: And and look, now I'm going to get a little personal with you. So Josh Cribbs played 10 years. And Josh Cribbs
0: played at Cleveland, the graveyard. Which I was going to bring up. Exactly. Had a hell of a lot more return opportunities because they were getting scored on. That's true. But Andrew Hester played with Erlacher and Briggs, and mm-hmm. the who was playing some defense.
1: Yeah, but I, I guess you could look at it that way, but if you look at Years played, I'm just looking at what the what the numbers show.
0: I wonder what the attempts are.
1: I don't know, know what the attempts are that's, that's, that's being picky. I, I, I know Hester got another year more than Josh Cribbs. Josh right. Cribbs plays 10. Now I'm gonna get personal with you. So I, I tackle both of these guys. The difference between Josh Cribs and Hester, of course, Hester is faster than Josh Cribs, but Josh Cribs is fast enough that you're not going to catch him when he get gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Josh Cribs is so hard to tackle. He's going to stiff arm the mess out of you. He's going to break your tackles. Devin Hester, once you get your hands on him, He's down. Like, he's not breaking any tackles. He's an outrun you guy. He's an outrun you guy. But Hester can do the exact same thing. He can outrun you, but he also can bully you. Cribs can bully you. Yeah, Cribs Cribs. can bully you. That's what I'm talking about. Cribs can bully you. So now let's get a little deeper. So my last year in Kansas City, Dave Tobes was a special teams coach all those years when Hester was in Chicago. So now he comes to Kansas City. And now I look at what all the schemes that he runs – when he was in Chicago because he brought it to Kansas City. And mm. I'm the special teams captain, so I'm looking at all these things. Preseason special teams, we run about three kickoffs back for a touchdown off for Dave Tobe's uh, special mm. team schemes. And I told to, I, I told Coach Tobes: listen, I'm not taking that away from Hester, but I see why he was so amazing because these schemes, and we had regular guys during preseason running kickoffs back, running punts back. Because of his schemes, I'm not – now, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking nothing away from Hester. Coach is coach for a reason. But I'm telling you, I played against both of these guys, and I'd rather tackle Hester every day of the week compared to Cribs. I'm telling you, hands down, to me – it ain't hands down, but to me, Josh Cribs is the better return guy overall – than Devin Hester.
0: I'm going to throw this onto one of the semi-pro trash talk pages, this question, and I'm mm-hmm. going to see the reaction. I'm going to bring it back to us on the episode 12. Telling you. And get that reaction because I would have never thought about Cribs and I appreciate you enlightening me on that. Like, I learned something today. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to transition over to a little Q&A where we were asked a question by Mr. R.J. Sims who uh, sent us an email and, and wanted to know Part one of the questions, what are some things you did that got you mentally ready for games, games where there was a lot of hype surrounded by them, you know, that you uh, shared, may not have shared with someone, but something that, I guess, mentally, how did you prepare for a hype game? So, like, what game stood out? And we can talk about any part, high school, college, or professionally, however you want to talk about it. So, I'm going to ask you that, then I'll answer after you.
1: Well, for me, I'm going go to the, I'm gonna go to the NFL because, truthfully, I don't remember high school, And college, I don't remember college like like that either. (laughs) But, and I I say that because I think we had a conversation before. I played in the NFL longer than I played in college and high high school school combined. combined. You know, so my thoughts are always in the NFL. So there's really not anything that I used to do per se to get me mentally right, but it was just a routine that I went through all the time. So if we had, let's say we had a way game, right? And we had to play a team. What I would do routinely, okay, of course, we had meetings that night before the game. After meetings is over with, I'm going to go into the film room. I'm going to get the film guys to set up me a computer somewhere in one of those conference rooms. And I'm going to go sit in that conference room by myself with the clicker and I'm still watching film. Still watching film because you always need to watch film until it, until you can't watch it anymore because you can always pick something else up that you might didn't see during the week. So I'm still watching film, making sure I got all my keys down, watching film. After that, I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to have some green alcohol and I'm going to have some Epsom salt. I'm going to soak in that that night and hopefully, and I'm praying when I wake up in the morning that when my feet touch the ground, I'm not feeling pain because usually you you got pain from just the practicing and just Mm -hmm. the overall, the time, just wear and tear. So you're hoping when your feet hit the ground in the morning that you don't have that pain that you usually have. And if you do have it, you want it to be minimal. So after that, we're going to do the pregame meal. Um, We're going to get on the bus. I'm always going to take the first bus over because we usually have two buses that leave. One bus leave at a certain time and the second bus leave. That's the last bus they get in. I'm going to always get on that first bus. So when I get to the get to the locker room, I got time to kind of chill, relax. We used to have a, a guy there, like a massage guy, to kind of like release certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my hips worked on uh, beforehand. Uh, then when I get dressed, I'm going to go outside, just kind of get the, a view of the atmosphere, what the stadium looked like, what the environment looked like. After that, I'm going to come back in. After I come back in, before we go out for our pregame warm-up, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to get my shot in the butt. Simple as that. That tore it all shot. You to have it. Gotta have it. If I don't get that it. shot, I'm a totally
0: different player. Mentally, mentally and physically. It's just I would say this. One thing I learned, like later on, like once we got out of that locker room mm-hmm. and that athletic trainer always being available mm-hmm. is doing something athletic without taping my ankles. <laughs> True <laughs> think about it, like Mentally True. it's just like I don't know Like I don't yeah. know what it feels like To I get not that. have a taped ankle I get that You know what I mean It's just like It's weird like To sit here and say I'm gonna go plant this way I'm like nah dog I ain't got it in me We gotta put some tape on So it literally got to the point Where when I first was like done I would go by the, the, You know the stretchy, The pre-rap Or whatever mm-hmm. it was And just put it around my ankles To make sure I just felt Like something was there mm-hmm. So mentally It's like for me That was weird I had my music selection mm-hmm. Which well, I'll back up. You know, we went through the meetings and all. That's kind of it's the same everywhere that you got to have your meetings and your film. Yep. What I would do mentally is I would go over my inside zone steps, my mm-hmm. mid zone steps, my outside zone steps, sitting on the edge of my bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like toe to toe, like toe to toe. Like yep. going through the strategy mm-hmm. and I would like practice my pass set coming out of my stance in my hotel room. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like I always wanted to do it, make sure my hand placement was right and did extra stretches and stuff like that. And I would always make sure... I would eat the same thing mm-hmm. at that last minute, that last snack. Mm-hmm. It was like this double cheeseburger that I absolutely didn't need. But it was just like, <laughs> I played well, so I'm going to keep doing it. Very superstitious. You yeah. know what I mean? So I would do those things. But mentally, in the locker room before the game, obviously getting used to the surroundings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Michael Jackson. Okay. I don't know why.
1: Okay. But it was
0: Dirty Diana was was the one.
1: I like Dirty Diana. It was a classic. And it's yeah. just like
0: the buildup of mm-hmm. the song was just like, and then right before like leaving the locker room, slide a pass the Troy on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, we ready, da da. Go mm-hmm. play. Never talk trash like that. Was a humble guy on the field. Yeah. My mind game that I would play with other players on the field was, hey man, we just say we're playing. Ole Miss, not Old Miss, but Southern Miss, play mm-hmm. Southern Miss. What is it to do in Hattiesburg? Downstate, hut, next play. Yeah. Man, do y'all have parties out here? Downstate, hut, next play. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I would literally like, you got any kids? Like, what Like, what are you going to school for, dude? Like, oh, man, like, I'm literally having conversations, <laughs> like, with friends. So it's like I used to play that game. It's just like the less aggressive, I'm not going to promote aggression towards me. Yeah. I want you to stay soft and just play the game. Mm -hmm. And I want you to think about the question I ask you. So then when I get them to answer it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's when I know I've gotten into their head to a certain extent. Yeah. So that was like the whole mental preparation for me. It's like, how can I play this game? Am I cool, calm, collected? because, Mm One thing a lot of people don't know, that first drive of a game, the amount of adrenaline going through your body.
1: Oh, my goodness. It is
0: the most t- – you're more tired after the first drive than you yep. are the last play of the game.
1: Yep, that's the truth.
0: And it is a lot of people don't understand that. So, RJ also came with a part, two. He said, also, did those mental habits change over from college to professional or into my semi-pro world? Example, did you continue the same or as you matured with your game, so did your mental readiness change for that game? You know what I mean? So, as we got older, I guess. So, for me – I guess as I got older and I didn't have an extended NFL career like you, transitioning over to coach, Mm -hmm. it became worse. Okay. Because now I have no control over the physical. Mm -hmm. It's the mental part of making sure that 11 on this side, 11 on that side, 11 backups, 11 backups on this side of the ball, Mm -hmm. special teams, 55 people, 60 people are doing it very close to the same way. Yeah. And being nervous because at the end of the day, win or loss, it looks like it's my fault. Mm-hmm. And I can sit here and pinpoint and say it was this guy's fault that we lost. Yeah, But that embarrassment of losing, like I have this perfection thing that I always want. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, my God, like it just eats me up. I can't sleep. Yeah. I can't do I mean, I'm coaching my four to six-year-old flag football game. Mm. We're going to the championship. I'm up at four o'clock. Worried about the game plan for a four to six-year-old flag football game, which ain't nothing but hand the ball left, hand the ball right. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, And it's just that mental preparedness of making sure everything is right that I can make right. And even, mm-hmm. even watching games now, I can't watch the games the same mm-hmm. because I go into – that mode where I want to know what's the strategy, what's next. If they yep. ran this, this is coming. Oh, they motioned this way. This is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, they went too high. No, they're rolling this. They're this. you know what I mean? Like, yep. I can't just watch it and say, Oh, touchdown. Yep. Sack. I can't yep. do that. I want to see it deep down. like, so the mental part of it as maturing, it becomes being more in depth and involved in engulfing yourself into the X's and O's and the, and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not just, you know what I'm saying? Is that so. what you're saying? But for you, what was it? Did The mental habits wrote that they they changed with you as you got older and more, more mature.
1: Uh, so for me, it was more of more looking at to shucks. When I was younger, I never looked at the first 15 plays, and when I say the first 15 plays is we get those. They give us the first 10 to 15 plays before the game even start mm-hmm. that night of the hotel. I knew I wasn't playing, not not receiver all the time. So to me. Those first 10 to 15 plays, I know I wasn't even going to be in. But as I got older, I got more mature, and then I started getting more playing time in the receiver. So, what I start doing is we'll just sit in our room, me and whoever's in there, or if I'm by myself, and I start going mentally through these plays because we're going to run those plays, those first 10 to 15 plays, and it's going to be right in order. Like, it's not going to change up. Those plays going to get called in that order. No matter the down and distance. No matter the down and distance, those plays going to get called in that order. Because that's how they set it up. The first 10 to 15 plays, these are the plays we're going to run no matter what. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to run. So that was the biggest thing for me. And really just getting that energy that I need. Like, so I would take a five-hour energy and mix it with some spark. I don't know if y'all know what spark mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Mix it with spark. Take that. And just get wired for the game. But after the games, I used to be so mentally exhausted because playing receiver and also playing special teams, you got to be two different people. So when I'm playing special teams, I'm a aggressive, angry type player playing special teams because I got to block these D linemen, these running backs, these linebackers, or I got to get around these guys They're trying to block me. But when it comes to playing receiver, I have to be I'm not going to say more finesse, but I have to be more mindful of what's going on uh, and more. Thought. I guess I'm thinking more yeah. uh, as receiver. So I'm always switching. At one point, I'm angry. At the, at the other end, I'm more calm and collect. And I was switching back and forth as the game was going. So when the game is over with, I'm mentally exhausted. I can imagine Because that. going back and forth. You know, so if that kind of answers your question, that's... That was me no, in a answer, nutshell. <laughs> no,
0: say, well, RJ, I hope we answered your question. I hope Mr. we answered it. Sims, like sorry it took us a while to get to it. So we're going to go ahead and transition over to the NCAA, the college football. We're going to talk about N-State, where we had uh, NC State versus Florida State. NC State was ranked number 21. They won 28-14. to 14. App State played Arkansas State, 48-14 to 14 win for App State. Duke lost to Pitt, number 25 Pitt, 54-29. to 29. And Charlotte beat Rice, 31-24, to 24, which both will be future – Competitors of ours in the AAC, Mm -hmm. Charlotte and Rice. Now, going to this UNC versus Wake, Wake was 13. And we've been speaking on Wake because they're surprising us in the top 15, which they were 10 last week, if I'm not mistaken. UNC beat them 58 to 55, which was a high-scoring game. And I put down these stats, man. Wake had (laughs) 615 yards of total offense. UNC had 546. Wake threw for 398. UNC threw for 216. Wake ran for 217, which is a good day for anybody. Great day. And Carolina followed up with 330.
1: Crazy.
0: Wake ran 90 plays. Carolina ran 78, which is a phenomenal number. Mm -hmm. They ran 78. (laughs) No particular reason why 78 is a phenomenal number, but somebody might have water on their back (laughs) once upon a time. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Penalty-wise, they were even, which was a ridiculous amount of penalty. There was 22 penalties between this game for 240 yards total.
1: That's crazy. Split down the middle. Yeah.
0: You know, so that's insane. So high-scoring game, if you're an offensive-minded person.
1: You like that game. You
0: love that game. Yeah. You know, And I was actually talking junk a couple of friends of mine. It was like, hey, man, you guys want to go to the Wake Carolina game? He had some tickets. And I was like, man, you can catch me in that stadium ever. <laughs> I'm not going unless it's a state championship and I got a relative playing. Yeah. Or, you know, down the road, my son gets an opportunity. He chooses that place, which I don't know why he would. But end of the day, you know, that game was outstanding. I mean, as far as points wise, you're talking 100 plus points, 1,000, over a 1, 1,200 yards or so, mm-hmm. total offense. You had to have loved that. Had to be a rocking atmosphere, I'm sure.
1: Let me go back to something, Big E. Uh-huh. You made a little comment, and I was kind of talking about somebody about this as well. So, if your son got a chance to go to UNC, what you thinking? Because you just made that comment. I did. Because me, I can't stand UNC. I can't stand Duke either. I'm with you. But if my boy get a chance, I'm knocking on the door. Hey,
0: yeah. let him in. If it's, if it's <laughs> for sure. I mean, also, yeah. If, if, <laughs> I guess it depends what the other options are. Yeah. You know what I mean? But naturally, if I'm going to be North Carolina, like, grounded here forever, mm-hmm. then... I'm not gonna be against that. I mean yeah. it's up the road now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you have uh at the, what sport are we playing? So if, if little Eric Eric Jr. becomes what a football player? Yeah, let will say football. And Clemson or Carolina, mm-hmm. Ohio State or Carolina, mm-hmm. Alabama or Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. Well, you better I get go it. to one of them other ones. We ain't doing Carolina. <laughs> if you come down to ECU UNC, mm-hmm. depending who win it at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and his opportunity. At the end of the day, it's not his decision. True. You know, I will wear a UNC shirt. It would be purple and gold.
1: With UNC written up
0: there. With UNC written on it. There we go. I like that. I have no issue with that. So yep. you know, I don't know how NC State I might feel about that. I don't know about that one. But let's <laughs> jump to our alma mater, yep. which is East Carolina, who came off of uh a big win this weekend, 45 Huge. to 3.
1: We needed that, Big E.
0: Absolutely.
1: We needed that. We
0: needed it for sure. Um it seemed like everything was working. And I'm going to sit here and say I was so excited to, three, to see three touchdowns caught by tight ends. Mm, I you not think about three it like that. Three of them. That's true. Three of them all passing touchdowns by tight ends. I was excited to see that.
1: And you, you know what? One thing about it is I was – I sat in that game. It was cold. It wasn't that bad. Man, I was out there freezing. Yeah, brutal bones. And I, and I sat in that game. Once it was 21-zip at halftime – I got up. I told the guy I was sitting beside you. I can't take it no more. <laughs> I got up, went in my truck and I started watching it on the app. I couldn't sit out there. But I was glad that we came out the way we did and and put this team away because Temple was a bad team. Mm-hmm. And we beat them the way we needed to beat them. Plus, we're trying to get bowl eligible. And, yeah, we should beat Memphis. But if we lost to Temple, because we, we had to win two games before the Temple game to get mm-hmm. bowl eligible. If we didn't beat Temple, you had Memphis – Navy and Cincinnati left to try to win two of those three games. It would be very challenging. I don't know. I think we could still win from Memphis. I think we're a better team than Memphis. To me, I don't think Memphis is a good team either, because Temple beat Memphis. But you just never know what comes on with what goes on with Navy. Like, never know. You just never know.
0: They could be clicking one day. Navy, you have to force a mistake. Yeah. And if you don't force a mistake, next thing you know, you're gonna be getting rolled over.
1: And then with Cincinnati, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know. What's going to happen with Cincinnati? Yeah, it's toss-up. We got to level
0: up, yep. and we need them to play down.
1: Exactly. But I don't think they would play down because they're trying to get into the playoffs. College
0: football. So they're going to be motivated. They got big motivation. Yeah. What is ours?
1: You know what I mean? So we needed that Temple game. Now we got to get one game out of these next three to get bowl eligible, which I think we definitely will do.
0: With Memphis, what you're saying? So mm-hmm. to go over the numbers a little bit, total yards we had 450 to Temple's 168. Uh, passing 204 for us, rushing 246, which is always a fantastic day. Mm-hmm. And that was a sneaky 246. Yeah. Like, I don't really recall that 246. <laughs> like, and I was there the entire game. Yeah. I don't recall it. Uh, we gave up 111, which is a great day on defense. We averaged 6.6 a play. They averaged 2.7. Shout out to the defense yep. and that D coordinator who's been doing a fantastic job all year of, try- of getting these guys to play ball. Like, I feel like When I see on these different recruiting sites that three- and four-star players are making visits here Mm -hmm. that are on the defensive side of the ball, I feel like he's putting out uh, a great representation of what we can be and Mm -hmm. what we continue to be. And by adding that three-, four-, five-star player, whatever, how many stars they go up to, adding that is just going to make it even better. Mm -hmm. uh, First downs, we had 22 to the 11. We doubled them. We held them to three for sixteen on third down. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know the boys—they're throwing up the the, was it the no quarter, the, the X that they throw up on third downs. It <laughs> was a fantastic day. Fourth down efficiency—we were two for two, which is good. Yep. I, mean, I hate to get in fourth down situations, but to have success—that's fantastic. Uh, time of possession—we won that battle as well. And unfortunately, we actually threw two interceptions. Which, you know, we had Mason Garcia had a chance to get a mm-hmm. rim. Yep. He threw a dart. He probably could have put a little bit more air on it to. to to uh, dodge that, and then Houghton threw one a little late. To go down to the individual numbers, You're speaking, Houghton Aylers, he was 16 for 24, 197 for three touchdowns and a pick. Mm-hmm. Mason Garcia was one for two, seven yards and a pick. I wish we would get him a chance to throw the ball. more. I would love yeah. to see Mason let it ride, but I also feel like they hold it back so they don't get caught up in that, should we play him more? Is he going to take over? At this point yeah. in the season, Houghton has to hold it he down. He has to play, yeah. But I really feel like with Houghton having another year, I felt like they're holding Mason Garcia back. Like I could be completely wrong. But you could be completely right. I could be completely right. Like I feel like they're not I trying don't know. to see him because they don't want to cause that controversy and make more distractions and, on the team. And then you don't know, to me, it's all
1: about practice. You don't know how somebody's practicing, how they look in practice. Because at the end of the day, the only way you're going to get reps is you got to show up in practice. This Especially true. now if you're a walk on, that's different. Mm-hmm. But if you're on scholarship and you're supposed to be the next thing coming, to me, it's all about how you practice it. Are you ready to even get in the
0: game? You're right. You're right. So, and you're you're absolutely right about that. If you don't practice good, you ain't going to play. So I, I just imagine what's going on in that situation. But I could just, if he's decent in practice, I feel like they're not putting him out there yet because they're going to actually see Houghton all the way out the door mm-hmm. and then let him take over. But then again, we have a couple other young guys who are threatening as well at that quarterback room, too. So it's interesting. Keaton Mitchell finally had another good day. He averaged eight-point yards a carry on 18 carries for 146. Dang. Uh, Raji Harris, 12 for 43. Holden actually ran the ball five times for 33 yards, averaging 6.6, which is a good thing to have to where we can scramble and get half a first down every time. Uh, Joseph McKay, four for 14, and uh, Mason ran the ball three for 10. So he ran the ball more than he threw the ball, or the same amount of times. Ryan Jones caught six catches for 102.
1: That's huge. That's, that's a tight end. That's number 13, right? Yes, that's a yep, tight end. I like you know, him. he played
0: linebacker at Oklahoma, right? Yeah,
1: then he transferred. Yeah, you
0: know, so then he has this year and next year still to play. So that's that boy good. has a chance to really create some buzz for himself moving to the next level if he's yep. trying to. Yep. CJ Johnson was 3 for 40. Adi Amato showed 3 for 34. I said his name right. Uh, Tyler Sneed kind of fell off the map a little bit, 4 for 19, which he can get some more catches. Mm-hmm. But, hey, I mean, honestly, man, we played a solid Football game. It was fun to watch. It was entertaining. Wish there was more people in the stands. What are we going to have to do to get more people in the stands? Expectations for fans, man.
1: I mean, I just, I realized that it really wasn't going to be a lot of people in the stands because of the weather. Yeah. You know, the weather. Uh, But the only way you're going to get fans in the stands, you got to win.
0: Got to keep winning, right? You got to
1: keep winning. That's simple as that. That's the recipe for getting fans. You got to win.
0: Just wish they would just like block off tickets for the upper deck so make sure everybody sit down. <laughs> or let's put chairbacks throughout the whole stadium so that way no matter what it looks like. Mm-hmm. If there was just a bunch of purple seats, I think it would have looked better in there one. Yep. And it wouldn't look like it was as empty either. You know what I mean? So True. you know, but I'm a wish thinking. That's probably a million dollars to do something like that. So, <laughs> so what are the expectations moving forward for the East Carolina Pirates for you?
1: Ah, uh, shucks. Let's get to a bowl.
0: Yeah, so we, we finished it. We got Memphis, Navy, and Cincy, correct? Yep. Um, who are we going to beat out of that three? I
1: think, think we can get two out of those three? I think we can get two, but it all, I'm nervous with Navy. I'm nervous about Navy, but I think we get Memphis. I think we get Memphis.
0: And that would put us – man, that would put us right – we're right in the middle of the pack at three and two in the conference, five and four overall. Uh, in front of us is SMU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston mm-hmm. as far as in the conference. So I mean, I'm just glad not to see us in the bottom of this list. We've Tulsa, Memphis, Navy, South Florida, Temple, and Tulane behind us. So with that being said, two teams that we have left to play are behind us, and one is in front of us. Mm-hmm. So Memphis is two and five and four, just like us. Two and three in the conference. Navy's two and seven. So looking at this, Memphis is a toss up. Mm-hmm. Navy is a toss up because we don't never know how we're going to defend that option. Mm-hmm. But essentially, off record, we should win is what it says. Cincinnati is nine and zero overall. You think we can fill the house on that day? I it's think Thanksgiving so, weekend.
1: I think you're gonna have a lot of people in town. You may have a lot of people out of town, but I think playing Cincinnati, I think we can we can pack the stadium. I think we can anyway. I don't know
0: depending what we do these next two.
1: Yeah, exactly. We
0: do these next two games. I, I feel like Coach Ruff was in the
1: building. Huge shout out to Coach Ruff. He deserved that. I'm glad they. I'm glad they brought him back and re, and put him in the Hall of Fame. He deserved that. He
0: deserved that for sure. So, yeah. Big shout out to Coach Ruff, and it was awesome to see him jump up on the jumbotron, which I think it was recorded yeah. previously yep. for him to use his slogan: "Want some? Get some. Want some? Get some." I, I can't help but get goosebumps. <laughs> I, I still wish I potentially had an opportunity. I wish I had an opportunity to play for him. Uh, just from the personality, of meeting him, yeah. you know, when I first met him, you know, and a lot of people don't know this, but. It was right when our good friend, our friend Tyrone Bell passed. Yep. Coach Ruff actually sent condolences. Wow. And that was based off me and Tyrone sitting down and talking to him mm-hmm. when he first got here. And I have no clue how he knew about it. Mm-hmm. No clue. But he actually sent a condolences thing to me. Wow. And I thought that was actually fantastic. And it, it sat with me. And ever since then, it was like, I'm a Ruff fan no yeah. matter what. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. You know, also, uh, I want to give a shout out. And uh, it, to, to my son and his four to six-year-old flag football team who went undefeated and won the championship. <laughs> and I promised the guys that I would give them a shot on the air. So to my son, Eric, Shamar, Holden, Caden, Reed, Mason, Jordan, Micah, Brian, and to the coaches, mainly Coach Connor, who handled the defense. Mm-hmm. I handled the offense, but we had two fathers that helped out, Dwayne and Terry, who helped us out. So shout out to the championship Raiders for winning their game. Actually celebrated by taking them to this weekend's games. They had all oh, the that teammates good. to the game. They had a sleepover. Let me tell you something. So, never again. <laughs> Multiple six-year-old boys. Yeah, I actually took my daughter to grandma uh-huh. so she couldn't be around this because yep. I was like, I'm not ready for any of my sons' little friends to be flirting yep. or crushing on my daughter. True, I ain't ready for that yet. So I had took her away, mm-hmm. and they stayed up two a.m. Woke up seven a.m. They jumped me in the bed, made me get up.
1: That's crazy. They ate
0: breakfast. Yeah, on how he did it. They was ready to go. They was at the game. They played tackle football before the game. They was in the stands running up. End of the night. No, it wasn't the end of the night. We got back to the house and they turned up again. I was like, man, like, I'm not set up because I'm still tired from this weekend dealing with yeah. five, six year olds. You know what I
1: mean? But, that's crazy.
0: Uh, without a doubt, a blast for myself. So that's episode 11, man. How do you feel?
1: Man, great job, Big E.
0: Oh, great job of you, man. We're I still appreciate rolling, it. man. We're still rolling. We're still rolling. We'll keep it going. Hey, email us any questions that you might have at the warroomenc at yahoo.com. Also hit the Facebook page, hit the inbox, DM us let us know what you think RJ Sims exactly perfect example he sent the message we read his questions answered his questions the best we could so if you got anything you disagree with us that's fine everybody has their opinion yep. Just throw them at us it's always love we we'll never complain about it so throw it our way we'll talk about it discuss it we want to talk about what you want to hear about so at the end of the day we are the people's podcast the War room podcast uh, and ECU podcast look us up on all different type of platforms you'll find us but other than that that's episode 11 T-Cop this is Big E Ain't got anything? No, sir. All right, well, we out of here. Thanks, you folks, for listening. Thank you.